Good morning. Happy New Year, everybody. Everybody doing all right? Not sure? Need to think about it? All right. Hey, it's good to see you this morning. Thank you for getting up and coming to church this morning. Just like Pastor Corey said, there's no better place to be on the first day of the year. It's like putting a stake in the ground that says today is the first day of the year and I make number one God's. I honor him the first day of the year. I believe God's going to do great things in our midst. Anybody excited for all that God has for you this year? Awesome. My name is Zach. I'm one of the pastors here at the bridge, and I just want to take a moment and I want to welcome all of our guests today. You might be here um, for a number of different reasons. Maybe somebody invited you today and you're coming because of that invitation. Maybe you're here today and you're looking for a home church. That's awesome. We're so thrilled that you're here. Maybe you're here because you just felt like, you know what, I need to go to church. It's the first day of the year. Maybe today is the start of your New Year's resolution and being in church. Whatever the case may be, no matter how you got here, I just want to take a moment and I want to welcome you and say thank you so much for being here. Um, we really value our guests when they come into this house, and I just want you to know that our mission statement is twofold. It's to connect people with God and connect people with people. We would love to see you meet some of the awesome people that are a part of this church, but our highest priority today, we hope that you connect with God, that you have an encounter with him, because it's all about Jesus. That's why we've gathered today. So I just want to extend a personal invitation to you. Come and say hi after service at the Connection Center. We have some amazing team that serve there every week, and they're there simply to connect with you, to tell you more about the church, and tell you how it is that you can get involved. So take some time, come and say hi, because we would love to meet you, and we'd love to tell you more about how it is that you can become a part of our church family. So thank you so much for being here. If the bridge is your home church, can we put our hands together this morning and welcome all of our guests today? Awesome. If you have your Bibles, would you meet me in Genesis chapter 15 this morning? Genesis 15. Today is going to be a bit of a different service. Um, This message is going to be a little bit on the shorter side because we actually have a couple of things planned at the end of service that we want to do today that I think are really going to encourage and inspire you, not just for today, but for the year ahead. And I think it's important for me to say this. You know, when you come to church on the first day of the year, when you're looking at, you know, the blank canvas that is 2017, maybe the reason you came today is to be motivated and inspired for what's in front of you. I think that's awesome. But more than an emotional motivation, my prayer today is that our faith as a church, as the people of God, will be lifted so that we can see God do amazing things in our lives and through our lives in 2017. Amen? So I hope that today is a faith-building Sunday. That's what my hope and my heart is. I'm passionate About this today, I've had something in my heart for a couple of weeks specifically for this day. And I believe that today you're going to leave encouraged and inspired. And in some cases, maybe God just might change your life today through this message. That's my hope and my prayer. But today in Genesis 15, I want to bring you a message called Lift Up Your Eyes. Lift Up Your Eyes. I think one of the most powerful things that we can get hold of in our life is a healthy perspective. Perspective is seeing things for what they really are rather than for what our mind sometimes tells us that we think they are. Getting a God perspective on our lives, on our future, and even on the year that's ahead of us. If we can have a healthy perspective, then we can walk into a healthy year no matter what it holds for us. Sometimes we look back at the past, sometimes we look at our past experiences, and we allow those things to kind of taint our perspective to where we look ahead and we don't see things the way they really are. We only see things the way that they have previously been. I've heard it said that we don't see things as they really are, we see things as we are. I think that's an accurate way of looking at it because our perspective frames everything. Your future will be the product of your perspective. Your 2017 will be the product 
of your perspective. So if we're going to have a perspective, if we're going to have an outlook on 2017, why shouldn't we just go ahead and make it God's perspective and God's outlook on our lives? Because I want to know what he has for my life. I don't want to just rely on my past. I don't want to just rely on my experience. I want to look ahead to the future with faith, knowing that God has good things for my life. And at the outset of this message, I want to say something to every single person here today, and I hope that you hear this. If you don't write anything else down, I want you to remember this or write this down. Take a note in your phone, something. You might not know yet what 2017 holds, but that's okay if you know the one who holds the future. Because if you know the one who holds the future, then it doesn't matter what comes your way. You can stand strong. You can stand in faith knowing that everything's going to be all right. And so in talking about perspective today, I want to look at a familiar story. But before we do that, I was just looking on the internet yesterday because I was just thinking about what do people outside of the Christian faith have to say about perspective? Like, do they see it the same way that we do? And I found some funny stuff online, actually some encouraging stuff. And we're going to come back to the Word of God in just a moment. But, you know, I saw this one quote. There was an author named Ogmandino talking about perspective. He said, I will love the light for it shows me the way. But I will also endure the darkness, for it shows me the stars. What's he talking about? He's, having a, he's talking about having a proper perspective no matter what season of life we're walking through. Abraham Lincoln said, we can complain because rose bushes have thorns, or we can rejoice that thorn bushes have roses. What's he talking about? He's talking about having a proper perspective on life. And then finally, this one made me laugh. Some people see the glass as half full. Others see the glass as half empty. I see a glass that's twice as big as it needs to be. That was George Carlin, and we can't repeat the rest of his quotes in church. But I want to read a passage of Scripture to you this morning because I want to talk about perspective and lifting our faith to see what God sees for our lives. Starting in Genesis 15, this is what it says in verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. What Abram's talking about right here is that God has made promises to him, but he's yet to see them be fulfilled. He's yet to have a son. And he says, my heir at this point in my life, if I were to die, is going to be Eleazar of Damascus. He's not even my flesh. He's not even my son. He's merely my servant. That's the guy who would inherit everything I have if I were to die today. Then look at verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to Abram, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Now before we go forward, I want to go back and look at one more verse that I skipped right over. I want to show you something in verse 3. In verse 3, Abram is questioning God's promises. He's questioning if God is going to keep his promises. And he says something very interesting in verse 3. Then Abram said, look, everybody say look. Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And he was talking about that servant. Abram's questioning God's promises. He's questioning, God, when are you going to come through on the promises that you've made to me? Now, if you're here today and you don't know the story of Abram, we don't have time to go back and look at the whole thing, but I want to summarize it for you as quickly as I can so that we all understand this. If you were to go back to Genesis chapter 12, God comes to Abram one day. 
And the Bible says that he looks at Abram and he says, Abram, I want you to get out of your father's house. I want you to leave your country. I want you to go to a land that I will show you. And Abram, at this point in his life, is 75 years old. He's inherited his father's kingdom. He's inherited his father's property, all of his livestock. Scripture goes on to tell us that Abram was wealthy in livestock. And at 75 years old, man, Abram had it made in the shade. He was set. He was set for life. He was secure. He was happy. He could put his feet up every night knowing that his future was secure. Everything was good until God came one day and says, Abram, I want you to walk away from all of it. I want you to go to a place that I'm going to show you. Now, what we see in Scripture is that the Bible just simply says Abram departed, that he just believed God. It was like he said, well, God, if you said it, then I believe it, I'm going to go. And we don't know what Abram's questions were at that time because Scripture doesn't record it. But after God tells him to do that, Abram begins that journey. And then suddenly God makes him even more promises. He says, Abram, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you and you will be a blessing. And through you and in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. He made this amazing promise that we are now the heirs of that promise today because we are in Christ. And he made this amazing promise to Abram. And so Abram takes that promise and he begins to walk it out. But here's the thing, in order for Abram to become a great nation, a nation is always consisting of multiple generations, one birthed after the other. And at 75 years old, Abram didn't even have a son. How is he going to become a great nation? He has to trust God, that God knows what he's doing when he makes this promise. And so Abram trusts God. Now, what's interesting is that all starts in Genesis chapter 12. The fulfillment of those promises doesn't even begin to happen until Genesis 21. Now, here's the thing. 21st century American Christians, that's you and I, we have this amazing tool. We can pick up the Bible. We can open to Genesis chapter 12. In a matter of moments, we can read from Genesis 12 to Genesis 21 where we see God make a promise. And in Genesis 21, we see him fulfill that promise when Isaac is born. But because we do it all in hindsight, the one thing that we sometimes lose perspective of is that in the matter of time, chronologically, that this happened, from the time that God made his promise to Abram in Genesis 12, there was 25 years from the time he was 75 until Isaac was born when he was 100. So from Genesis 12 to Genesis 21, there are 25 years. And what we sometimes forget about is that for Abram, it was the slow walk from the day it was promised to the day it was fulfilled. And if you're here today and you're under the age of 25 years old, you need to understand that Abram lived out more than what your current lifetime has been before he saw that promise come to pass. And sometimes when we read that, we think, oh, yeah, and then one day God fulfilled that promise. Well, here's what it looked like for Abram. 75, 76, I still don't have a son. 77, no son. 78, no son. 79, no son. 80, no son. God, it's been five years. 81, no son, 82, no son, 83, no son, 84, no son. And, and the question I find myself asking is I wonder if there was ever a day where Abram stopped and said, you know, it's been five years, God. You know, it's been 10 years, God. I remember the day that you told me to leave my father's house and leave my country and go to a land that you were going to show me. And a couple chapters later, God showed him where that land was, but he didn't yet inhabit that land. And he hadn't yet had a son. I wonder if when he got to 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, if Abram ever reached a place where he said, you know what, God, it's been 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And if the next year looks anything like the last 20, then I'm not so sure this is going to happen this year. I wonder if Abram ever asked that question. Because for you and I, we sometimes reach these places in our life where we look at God's promises and we say, well, it hasn't happened yet. I don't know what 2016 looked like for you. 
Maybe 2016 was a great year for you. Maybe you had many victories, many successes. Maybe everything seemed to go in your direction in 2016. God bless you. I hope you have an even greater 2017. But can I just tell you that if you're anything like me, there were times throughout 2016 where I stopped and I said, it hasn't happened yet. That thing I'm believing for hasn't come to pass yet. 2017, maybe that's my year. But the reality is for many of us, we can reach a place in our lives where one year, two years, five years, ten years goes by and we haven't seen God yet come through on his promise. We can begin to question, God, where are you at? What's going on? Has anybody ever been there where you just question, God, I thought you made me a promise. God, I thought that you said you were going to do this. God, your, your word says this, but I, I haven't yet seen the fruit of that promise yet in my life. I think we all go through those seasons where we can start to doubt if we lose perspective on where God is taking us. Now, in saying all that and understanding that this is a 25-year journey of faith, I want to talk a little bit about how it is that we should be looking at our future. Because when I look back at my past, I can allow the experiences of my past to bring me to a place where my perspective is limited based upon my experience. But I want to tell you that when you look ahead to 2017, God does not want you to lower your expectations to the level of your experience. He wants you to lift your faith to the thing that he is calling you to. Do not let your expectations for the year ahead fall to the level of your experience. Instead, let go of your experience, put on the God glasses, see things the way that he does, and understand that he is taking you somewhere greater than where you have been. Does anybody believe that today? Now, to understand perspective within the context of the scripture, I want to go back and I want to look at something because I'm fascinated. When we talk about that word perspective, there's one word that stands out. I had you repeat this word a few minutes ago, but look again at verse 3 there in Genesis 15. Then Abram said, look, look, we don't know what time this is happening at in those 25 years. We don't exactly know which year, which moment this was, but there comes a day where Abram is sitting there He's looking around at where he's at in his life. He's looking at the fact that these promises of God have yet to come to fruition. And suddenly he says a funny word to God. He says, God, look, you have given me no offspring, God. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And he was talking about his servant. Have you ever found yourself at a place in life where you just stopped and you looked at how tough things were? Maybe how miserable you were? at some of your failures, at some of your challenges, at some of your losses, at some of your problems? Have you ever found yourself at a place where you just felt overwhelmed and you looked at God and said, God, look, don't you see where I'm at today? Don't you see what's going on? Don't you see what I'm going through? Don't you see what I've just been through? Don't you see my loss? Don't you see my tragedy? Don't you see my failures? Don't you see the circumstances that I find myself in today? And I think it's so interesting that Abram used the word, look. Because when he says, look, what he's try basically telling God is, God, let me tell you from my perspective what I see. Because apparently you're not paying attention. <laughs> Have you ever found yourself at a place where you felt like, God, are you still watching? Do you see where I'm at? Are you still paying attention? God, do you have attention deficit disorder? Like you're not paying attention. Is your attention moved to somebody else? Have your eyes, eyes gone blind to where you don't see where I'm at? God, look at what I'm going through. Because here's the thing, any time that we look at God and say, look, what we are telling God is what our perspective is on the thing that we are walking out. 
And we have to understand that when we find ourselves at these places, it is the perfect opportunity for us to give up on everything that God has promised us if we don't go back and put a God perspective on our lives. Because look at what happens next. This is amazing. You have to see this. Abram looks at God and says, look, have you given me no offspring? Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Now skip down to verse 5. Look at this. Because God begins to adjust Abraham's perspective. Verse 5 says, then he, capital H, God, then God brought Abram outside. Wait, hold on. God brought Abram outside. What's it saying? It's saying that when Abram was crying out to God and saying, God, look, don't you see where I'm at? He's doing it while he's sitting inside of his tent. Now, this is going to make more sense in just a moment, but the thing that you have to catch here is simply this. Sometimes when we allow our losses, our tragedies, our defeats, and the downs of our life to define us, we find ourselves in this place where we build a tent in the middle of our defeat. We build a tent in the middle of our loss, and suddenly we say, well, I guess this is how life is going to be. And when we find ourselves in those places, we have to understand that the words of our mouth will begin to frame our future. And as Abram begins to speak this out, God jumps in and says, I need to change this guy's perspective because what he is looking at is not the same thing as what I see. You need to understand something today. If you feel like you are in the middle of a season of loss, of tragedy, of defeat, of devastation, and what's happened in the past is making you think that the future is not going to be any different, you need to stop and allow God to change your perspective because the things he has for your 2017 are way, way, way better than what he had in 2016. They're way better than what you've been through. They're way better than what your experience has been. Now listen, this is so interesting what God does. Then he, God, brought him outside, and look what God's words, isn't this just perfect? God says, Abram, look now. Look now. If you've ever been sitting somewhere saying to God, look, God, look what I'm going to, going through, look at everything that's happening to me, what you need to do is stop and ask God to give you a look now moment, to lift the veil from your eyes, to take you out of your tent and allow you to see what he sees, because what he sees is so much bigger than what we see through our past experience. Look now toward heaven and look at the promise that God makes and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. I pray this morning that for many of us who find ourselves in a look God situation would walk out of this place having had a look now encounter with God. Because God doesn't see things from the limited perspective that we do. And sometimes in order for us to understand the future that he has for us, he needs to take us out of our tent of doubt, out of our tent of loss, where we have set up shop and said, well, I guess this is where I'm going to spend the rest of my life. He needs to take us out of there, and he needs to open things up and show us just how big he really is. And today, if your perspective feels limited because of your past experiences, don't let your expectation fall to the level of your experience. Lift your faith because God has more. God has more. God makes this amazing promise to Abram, and when he shows him the look now perspective, he says, you think you can count the stars? See, Abram, you look at me and you say, look, God, 
Don't you see what I'm going through? Well, let me tell you something about looking. I'm the one who created your little lookers. And not only that, but you're sitting in your limited perspective tent, not seeing what I see. See, God is the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He has seen the end of your movie before it has played out. And God knows what you're about to walk into before you've even thought about it. So when you look at God and say, look, please understand that God sees the whole board, he sees the whole map, and he knows exactly where he's taking you. But the words of our mouth will frame the direction that we go, and sometimes if we sit around in doubt, we start to go in a different direction other than where God is taking us. And what maybe you need today is a look now moment where God says, let me just reveal a little bit more of the board to you. Let me show you what the rest of this movie looks like. So God takes him outside of his tent. And can't you just imagine that God, with all the power that he has, in that one night was probably the night that the stars shined the brightest. Don't you know that he walked outside of that tent and God said, take a look up in the sky. Look up and see what I made, Abram. You're doubting me from your limited perspective. Well, look now because this is how vast my power is. And I got greater things for you than you can make on your own. And those look now moments can reshape our perspective, allow us to walk into better things than what we've been through in the past. And one of the things that amazes me when I find myself at the end of this passage is that as soon as Abram has this look now encounter with God, it says in verse 6, and he, that's lowercase h, Abram, believed in the Lord. He believed what God told him. He believed in God's promises. He was reminded of God's perspective, and he got past his own limited perspective. He believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. I don't know everything that 2017 holds for each of you. I don't know. I don't know what's in front of you. You might have dreams in your heart that you're holding out hope for and believing for and believing. You know, this is the year that we're going to see those things happen. You know what? I say claim that. I say keep saying that. I say keep declaring that over the year that's in front of you. But here's the thing. If 2017 doesn't fully hold the fruition of God's promises for your life, it's not a failure if you get to the end of it still believing that 2018 will be the year. Because what we see is that we got to go six more chapters before Isaac comes. We're going to do something different now in our service, and I want to ask the worship team to come out. This is something that we don't normally do at the end of our service, but over the last few days, I've been thinking a lot about this day. I've been thinking a lot about you. I've been thinking a lot about our church. And when I look ahead... I need God to walk with me every single step of the way into the year that he has for my life because of my own power, I just can't do it. I can't succeed in my own power. I need God to be with me. And as I've looked ahead, I've been reminded that if I allow my past to define my perspective, then I might lose sight of where God is taking me. You know, when we worship God every single week in our services, when you worship God during your free time during, throughout the week, worship is something that we do to honor God for who he is. But sometimes it's good to go a step further and not just worship God, but to make powerful declarations that will define the days that are in front of us. One of my favorite passages of Scripture says, Hold fast to your confession of faith, for he who promised is faithful. 
There's a lot of us that are looking into 2017 and we are holding fast to our confession of doubt because our past hasn't quite worked out the way we imagined it would. Maybe God made you a promise a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You might be in here and it was decades ago that God made a promise to you that is yet to come fully to fruition. It's so easy to look at the years that have gone by and say, one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, and think if the last five, 10, 15, 20 years have been that way, then why should I look at this new year as being any different? But I want to tell you today that that word confession, if you look at it in the Greek, we talk about this all the time in our trips. That word confession I mean, is homologia, same word, to say the same as what God says about our situation. What is your confession today? I'm not talking about hyper faith of like superstition. I'm talking about what has God said about your situation that you haven't been declaring about your future. Because a lot of times what we find ourselves doing is confessing or saying the same thing as the naysayers, the doubters, the people who don't believe what we believe, the people who are going in a different direction than we're going. But if you found yourself at this place where you've said, look, God, do you see where I'm at? I want to tell you today that God wants to lift your perspective and now have a look now God moment with him that says it's time to look beyond what other people are saying. It's time to look beyond our past. It's time to look beyond our loss. And it's time to look beyond our failure and step into the future and the promises that I have made for your life. What are you saying to agree with my word? We're going to sing a song here in just a moment. And it's not just a worship song. It's a powerful Psalm of declaration. And I want to encourage people here today that if you have not made declarations over your life, if you have not made declarations over the days that are in front of you, today is your opportunity. Because it is time for us as a church, as the body of Christ and as the people of God to lift up our eyes and see that God is so much bigger than anything we're going through. We, it is time for us to lift up our eyes and see that God is so much bigger than our past and the future that he has for us is something that cannot be measured. When I look throughout scripture, I see the psalmist say in Psalm 121, one through three, I will lift up my eyes to the hills for where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow my foot to be moved and he who keeps me will not slumber. He does not fall asleep. His attention does not move anywhere else. I look to him for help. I lift up my eyes above my circumstances. I look at Psalm 123 and it says in verse one, unto you I lift my eyes. Oh, you who dwell in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of the servants look to the hand of their masters, as the eyes of a maid to the hand of its mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God until he has mercy on us. If you are going through something right now and you are questioning God's timing, lift up your eyes to see that what God has in front of you is coming. He is always true to his word and he always keeps his promises. And finally, Jesus said in John 4 and verse 35, Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are ripe with harvest. And if you feel like provision is still out in front of you, don't look at your circumstances, don't look at your past, and don't look at the tragedies and losses that you've been through. Lift up your eyes and know that God's provision and God's best is right in front of you. Amen? We're not going to go over on time today, but we're going to sing a declaration song of worship today. 
Maybe earlier this morning you were still recovering from the late night that you had last night. Maybe you didn't get a chance to enter in this morning and worship God. I want to encourage you to do two things when we sing this next song. Don't just worship God. Worship God in spirit and in truth. But make a declaration about the goodness of God, what his promises are over your life. And let's expect God to take us to greater places of faith in 2017. Amen. Would you please stand to your feet this morning? We're going to worship God and we are going to declare his goodness over our lives and over the year that is in front of us.
God a hand of praise this morning. At the beginning of that passage that we read from in Genesis 15 this morning, God looks at Abram and he says, Abram, don't be afraid. I'm your shield. I'm your protector. I'm your exceedingly great reward. In other words, Abram, I'm your provider. Look to me because I'm your source. And he goes on and he says, if you can count the stars in the sky, go ahead and try. Because I want you to know that as there are stars in the sky, so your descendants will be. There's three things that God says there. Abram, I'm your protection, I'm your provision, and I am your promise. Today we're going to pray three prayers over our entire church today. That means every single person in your family that's here today. First of all, we're going to pray a prayer of protection that Pastor Gary is going to lead us in. How many people need God's protection in the year ahead? For your family, for your kids, for your grandkids, for the things that are in front of you. Our God is a shield in difficult times, and he wants to look out for his children. The second prayer we're going to pray is a prayer of provision because God is our provider. How many people believe that God is your source this morning? I felt in my heart to say this all morning, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. In order to see God's provision in our life, we need to be able to trust Him and He needs to know that He has our trust. 
There are people here in this place today, this is a step of faith just for me to say this, but I feel like God is dealing with your heart. This is the year that maybe when it comes to God's provision that finally you step out in faith and say, God, I'm gonna trust you with my tithe. I'm gonna get my financial house in order and I'm gonna say, God, I put my hope and I put my financial trust in you so I can declare that God, you're my source and God, you're my provider so I can see you open up the windows of heaven and bring provision into my life. And then finally, the third prayer we're gonna pray is a prayer of God's promises. I don't know about you, but I wanna step into God's promises for my life in the year ahead. Anybody else this morning? So we're gonna pray those three prayers. Pastor Gary, would you come and kick us off? As we pray this morning, we pastors are praying, but we're not just going to pray for you. We're praying with you today. So I want you to lift your voice. Join with us in prayer right now. Let's pray for God's protection over our lives. Join me right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you today based upon your word, and we declare your life over our lives, your protection over our lives. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak protection over every family, over every individual here today, Father. I ask you according to your word to build a hedge of protection around every family, every home, every life to protect them today, Father. I pray for physical protection in the name of Jesus. Father, no weapon formed against us will ever prosper. And right now, we ask you to raise up that wall of protection around our lives to keep sickness, to keep disease, to keep the attack of the enemy away. In the name of Jesus, we say no more, no more, no more. Father, we believe you for health today. We believe you today to protect our families and our homes. I speak health and healing over this congregation today. In the name of Jesus, let your healing flow into our bodies. Let your divine health be ours according to your word. We will walk in the health and provision of your word in Jesus' name. Father, I ask for provision right now that you would protect our minds, Father. Protect our minds, Father. Keep us safe. Protect our thinking. Let us think as you think. God, protect our spirits as well, Father. Help us walk with you and walk in the divineness of your word. Father, I pray for parents and for grandparents right now who are carrying those children and grandchildren who are off on the wrong road. And I pray protection around those lives until they see the light to come home. And we call them home in the name of Jesus spiritually. We call those kids home. We call those grandchildren home now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you that throughout this year we will walk in your divine protection. And we give you thanks and praise and glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And God, right now, we just pray for your provision. You are our provider. And God, your word says that you'd supply our every need according to your riches and glory. That you are the God who is more than enough. That you are the one who will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings beyond what we can contain. You are the one who will rebuke the devourer for our sakes. And God, we praise you and we thank you for your word. But God, I know your word also asks us to be good stewards, faithful stewards of what you bless us with. And so God, first of all, right now, I pray that you would give each and every one of us divine wisdom and guidance in how to be good stewards with what you have blessed us with. Father, I pray that you'd give us courage and boldness to step out in obedience to what your word asks us to do with the blessings that you have already given us. And Father, I know that as 
as we take those steps and are obedient to your word that you will perform your word. You will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings beyond what we can contain. And so, Father, right now, I pray for those blessings in every person's life here today and every family represented here in this place today, God. Father, for those who are in need of jobs or better jobs or new opportunities, Father, I pray that you will open those doors for them, God, and that you would give them divine favor. You would cause them to step into those new opportunities that you have for them, God. Father, for those with businesses, God, I pray that their business would prosper and flourish. God, those in sales, that their sales would increase and flourish, God. Father, you know every detail of every person's life here today and those watching online. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would meet each person where they're at. And God, that you would pour out supernatural blessings. God, that you would provide in supernatural ways. That everywhere they turn, there would be blessings being poured into their lives. God, that this would be a year of blessings beyond what they've ever seen before. And Father, right now, today, we choose to draw a line in the sand. And we say we will not step into 2017 with fear or worry because of what 2016 held or because of what our past experiences have said. But today, we declare we will step into 2017 full of faith and expectation. We declare this as a year of blessing and increase and abundance. We thank you and we praise you, God, that you are the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what we dare ask or think for your glory, not for ours, but for your glory. And God, we give you praise. We expect blessings and increase in this new year, God. And we thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your promises, God. We know that your word does not return void, Father. I thank you for the promises that you have made to us through your word and the promises that you had whispered into the ears and hearts of your people. And I pray that 2017 would be a year that we see those promises and those plans come to fruition, God. I pray in Jesus' name that this year we would lift our eyes and we would dream a bigger dream, God. We would see the things that you have in front of us, God, because we know that the best is yet to come, God. I pray that you would awaken passion, that you would awaken callings in people's life. You would bring those things to life, God, and that we would begin to pursue and step into the things that you have called us to. God, I pray that you would bring about divine appointments and divine opportunities for people in this house today, God. A year of fulfillment, God, where we give our time, our energy, and our efforts to those things which we are passionate about, that we would be kingdom-minded to see kingdom results in our life, Father. We pray that you would awaken those promises that we would not forget, but that every day we would wake up, God, declaring your word, declaring your promises, declaring your goodness over where we've been, over the things that we've seen and over what we've done, God. And we would know that our very best is still yet to come because you are faithful, God. And if you have made a promise, you will always keep it, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. And we know, Father, that you hear the cry of our heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, so be it. Amen. One more prayer that we're going to pray this morning. If you're here today and you have kids who are in student life, or excuse me, in Kids Connection this morning, 
You don't know this, but our teachers and our leaders, our team in Kids Connection, they're praying over your students these prayers for 2017 today. But right now, our junior high and our high school students are in service with us. So we're going to have Pastor Corey come, and he's going to pray for our students. You know, I just felt it in my heart to say this. Our students are not just our future. Our students are our today. They are our now. They are the now of our church. They're not just the tomorrow of our church. So we're going to lift them up in prayer, and we're going to declare God's goodness over their life this year. Come on, Corey. Would you pray with me? God, right now we lift up our young people. We lift up the high schoolers, the junior higher, the elementary, the, the, the toddlers, God. And right now, Lord, we just pray in Jesus' name that you would protect them, God. In, in a society, in a culture that seems to make sin trendy, that seems to make sin cool, we pray, God, that you would protect them by your Holy Spirit, that you would protect their minds, God, that your word would be the only truth, God, that they see in their lives, God, that you would light their path, Jesus. I pray, God, right now in your name that you would make a way for them, God, that, that even those in this church, God, might be the protection that you're providing in their lives, God, that their prayers, that, God, their, their mentorship, God, that, that, that the relationship that they're going to be is going to be the, the protection that they're going to have. And, God, we pray, Lord, to provide for our young people, Lord. Like Pastor Zach just said, Jesus, they are not just our future. They are our today. They are our present. They are our right now. God, and I pray that you would provide for them. And above all else, Jesus, above, above financial provision, above anything else, I pray, God, that you would provide a way for them. God, a way for them to follow you, to seek you, for their faith to flourish. God, for you to use their lives like never before. And God, I pray that these young people, that they would understand you have a plan. You have a purpose for their lives. And God, I pray that you would speak to our young people. God, that that plan and that purpose, it is a good plan. It is a plan to prosper them and not to harm them. It's a plan to give them a hope and a future. So right here and right now, God, we stand on their behalf. We stand in the gap. We intercede for them. And we claim, God, that in 20, 30, 40 years, the church will be more vibrant than ever before. That when so much of the world has given up on this next generation, we look to them and we see hope because we look up and we see, God, that you protect, you provide, and you have amazing promises for us. And the body of Christ said, amen. Hey, come on one more time. Let's give our God a big shout of praise this morning. He's faithful. He's good. His mercy endures to a thousand generations. Amen. Amen. Please go ahead and be seated. I promise we're not the church of sit down, stand up, fight, fight, fight over and over, but you know, being in an atmosphere of faith like this is so encouraging. As you look ahead to all that God has, there's nothing better than holding fast to that confession of faith and seeing God come through. But before we move forward and just do a couple more things toward the end of our service, I just wanna take a quick moment we don't ever want any of our services to go by without giving people an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of their life and accept him into their life. That's the most important thing that we could do today. You know, we've talked about the past. I don't know what your past looks like. I don't know what's brought you here today. But what I do know is that regardless of what's happened in our past, our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the beauty of God and his love that he has for us is that it doesn't matter where we've been and what we've done. He loved us so much that while we were yet sinners, while we were still 
sinners. He sent Christ for us. One of the most amazing things that I'm reminded of all the time is that the day that Jesus hung there on the cross dying for our sins, he did it knowing that over 2,000 years later, people like you and I would still be coming to make that decision for the very first time. That's the love, the mercy, the grace, and compassion that our God has for us. So much so that all of us lost in our imperfection, he would send Jesus to take our place on a cross, to die a death that we deserved, to remove the sins that had separated us from him. If you're here today and you've never made a decision to step into a relationship with God by saying yes to Jesus, I'd love to give you that opportunity. We're just gonna pray a simple prayer in a moment. But I wanna invite everybody right now, would you just join me and bow your heads? We're gonna pray this prayer together. Maybe you're here today and you feel like you're far from God because you've once known him, but right now, if you're honest with yourself, you know that you're not walking in relationship with God. If that's you today, I wanna tell you that the arms of a loving heavenly father are waiting for you wide open for you to come home and walk back into that relationship because he has grace and mercy in his healing hands. I wanna invite you to repeat a few words after me as we pray this prayer. And if you wanna make that decision and commit your life to Jesus today, all you have to do is wrap your heart around these words and mean it with everything when you say it. Can I ask everybody if you just repeat these words after me and say, dear Jesus, today I come to you needing more of you. I choose you, I make you my Lord, I make you my savior. I thank you for dying for me, for taking my place on the cross, for rising again so that I could have hope for all of eternity. I believe in you today. I confess you today. I want things to change. So I start now in this relationship with you. Thank you for loving me and dying for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, can we just put our hands together and welcome people who prayed that prayer for the first time and made that decision today into the kingdom of God? Very quickly, I want you to know that if you made that decision today, we don't want to just leave you stranded. We want to help you out. We want to help you start that journey of faith. We have a simple tool that we would love to put in your hands. It's called the Next Seven Days. It's a simple devotional that'll start you in that walk with God, lead you right back into God's house next week. And there's a couple of different ways that you can get it. Right after service, we'll have prayer teams right down front. If you have a need in your life, if you've got something going on, you just want someone to stand with you and pray with you, come up to them, let them know what's going on. They're happy to pray with you. But if you made that decision today for the first time or you recommitted your life, let them know they're happy to give you that book. It's free. We don't need anything from you. But if we can help you from there on, we are very much happy to do that. If you gotta go quickly, please, please stop by the Connection Center, the big circle out in the middle of the foyer. Let them know today you made that decision because we want to help you get started in your walk with God. Amen. God bless you. Good on you. Good decision. If you did that for the first time today, we love you and we're excited to start this journey with you. Give Pastor Zach a good hand this morning for that message. Would you do that? You know, you, you, you hear a message like that and you're ready to attack hell with the squirt gun, aren't you? Just ready to go. Bring on the devil. We're ready to stare him down. Hey, I'm so glad you're here today. What a great way to start the new year. I've got a couple things this morning before we're finished. But this morning, before we receive our offering and before we finish the service, I want to open my heart to you for just a moment. And Pastor Zach, that, that message stirred my heart today. Thank you so much 
But as I was sitting there, something crossed my mind, just one little tag I want to put on this. As we were praying, I, I just sensed there's probably three or four people in the place today thinking, well, I just doubt this is going to work for me. And, and can I just tell you something today? This is out of love, out of my heart. Please hear me. The people who receive nothing from God are generally those who believe God for nothing. If you receive nothing from God, you need to start believing God for something. Can I get like three amens in the house this morning? Hey, I'm going to tell you, your faith will make all the difference in the world. You need to believe God and stand fast today. I want to encourage you with that.